This Eric in the Morning podcast is brought to you by ComEd. Our homes have become the center of our universe as we spend more and more time at home. The ComEd Energy Efficiency Program has ideas to help lower your bills. Visit ComEd.com slash home savings. Uh, here's how Americans plan to spend their coronavirus relief checks. Saving it, mortgage, rent, paying off debt, and food and groceries. How are you planning on spending yours? Anybody listening who? 312-233-1019. First of all, I want to say thank you to all of you for on hold. We've got a whole bunch of people on hold up and participating this morning, and I love that about you. Thank you. Uh, hi there, Nathan. Hey. How are you going to spend yours? Uh, we received it this morning, and we already purchased four Chromebooks for e-learning and a new laptop for my wife. Look at that. So wow. you check your app this morning, your banking app, and you already got your money. Oh, yeah. That's nice. You, you spent already, wisely. It's already in there. Look at that. Yeah. Or you can go the uh, other route. You're going to spend it on what, Nicole? Uh, we got ours on Monday, and it's ordered in an espresso machine because all the Starbucks files are closed. The espresso machine is now yours. <laughs> Just yep. how the government wants it. <laughs> yep. They're like, listen, we're in a pandemic here. Yeah. Here's money. Buy an espresso machine. Done. Yep. Uh, or you can go the route of Pam. Pam, what are you going to do with your check? I'm going to fix my driver's side window. Driver's side window on your on your car? Well, yeah, you can't go to the bank, can't go to the pharmacy, you can't go to, through drive throughs Oh, it won't go down. Oh, no, wow. Yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah, it doesn't go down. So. I got gotcha. you. Gotcha. Better than being stuck open. Yeah, I thought somebody, you know, like... Oh, no, uh, no, 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 no. Shattered it. And, yeah, yeah, you're fine. Or you can go the route of Derek. You're going to do what with your check, Derek? We are going to build... I'm already starting to build a she shed for my wife's she stuff. Oh, gotcha. Out of my garage. Uh, and you can watch it uh, maybe burn down one day, burning down my she shed. That's right. <laughs> and call your state farm agent and be set to go. Never really seen a she shed before until that commercial. Mm-hmm. And now maybe it has inspired a bunch of people like Derek to buy she sheds. Because usually you think about the guy spending time in the garage or the shed. You know, with his man cave. Right. Why shouldn't a, wo- a woman have a she shed? That's mm-hmm. right. That makes sense to me. Uh, you're going to spend uh, your check how, Michelle? I'm going to give it right back and pay my taxes. Oh, it's just going to go circle it right back. Comes right yeah, into your account, right back into their account. They can pay themselves. Right, yeah. There you go. Eventually. Not a bad idea. The government is like, here is your money. We'll just keep it, thanks. Exactly. <laughs> or a perfect purchase for your stimulus check is what, Susan? Well, we were looking at RVs, so with that, we're going to buy our RV now. A down Put payment it on the back for an of the RV. Truck. Yep. All right. Yep. Yeah, going to drag a camper around. Cool. Yep, exactly. Where will be the uh, first destination with you and the camper? Um, uh, Missouri, actually. Missouri. Han- uh, Hannibal, Missouri? No, uh, Boulevard, Missouri. Oh, yeah, that's, that's the good stuff. That's no. there. Okay. Uh, my brother has uh, land out there. Nice. Oh, Did you mind cool. taking my dad? He's been talking about going down to Missouri and trying to get me to go, and I'm not crazy about the idea, but if he could catch a ride with you in the camper, I think that'd be great. Sure, why not? Right, Dad yeah. is so adventurous. He really is, isn't he? I like that about him. Yeah, he's boozing now, doing all these planting does, bulbs yesterday. Yeah, I don't know what he's, he's doing. bike rides. Yeah, he's all he over the place. He does. He's a lunatic. Uh, hey, John. Yeah, it went in this morning, and I've already purchased the uh, $990 smoker. Oh, nice. Oh, Got yourself a smoker. Yeah, baby. Is it one of those eggs? <laughs> you know those eggs? No. No, I actually went with the uh, the wood pellet grinder because it regulates oh. the heat better. Oh, sweet! So okay. I, and then it, it plugs into your cell phone, so you can actually raise the heat from your oh. cell phone and all digital oh. temperature. Oh, yeah, oh, I, I can know. tell Man. how excited you are. You know you how are. a second ago I said my dad was going to go uh, with that nice lady down to Missouri in her camper. What are the chances I can come over to your house and hang out while we smoke some ribs? 
any time. The whole crew could come over. Nice. I, don't awesome. have a pool. I don't have a pool like Grandpa or like Grandpa Whip's dad, but uh, I awesome. awesome. mean, we can combine over. forces. Bring that uh, over yeah, to my parents' house. Right. Yeah. 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 Can Melissa bring her smoker, Pat, with? Oh, stop <laughs> it. There's no Pat, but I'll bring the beer. <laughs> yeah. Chris Cuomo from CNN. He lost it. He was on a radio show and he lost it. He said, all right, I get it. I'll admit it. The pressure's getting to me. Mm-hmm. I got I got COVID nineteen. My teeth are chattering. I chipped a tooth. Mm-hmm. It's true. I, uh, I got a, a brother who won't answer any questions. <laughs> I got to be on CNN every night to, talking about this stuff. I'm self quarantined at home. I just went out on my lawn. Some guy on a bike rode by and yelled at me. I can't take it anymore. Yeah, you know what that's like though. Three one two, two three three one zero one nine. Carol, you snapped. I I completely snapped. The only thing I've been doing every day is going to Duncan. After 2 o'clock to get my fifty iced coffee, large. Right. I got home. I was ready to enjoy it, and my dog sees a squirrel. Oh, no. The dog <laughs> leaps off the couch, hits, directly hits the Dunkin' coffee. Uh, the no. large iced coffee uh. goes everywhere, all over me, all over my clean floor, because I have nothing else to do but clean. Right. And so I started screaming. Screaming for five minutes, and then I lost my voice. So now everyone thinks this happened five days ago. Right now, uh. everyone thinks I. Now everyone thinks I have the virus because right. I can't because of my voice. Right. So you can't I, catch a break. <laughs> Dog spilling things. People think you have COVID. Unbelievable. Oh, pure my insanity. Gosh. I saw a dog wow. chasing a squirrel yesterday. <laughs> Because, you know, this is what I do. I sit in my window and look out there. I'm like, oh, look at the dog chasing a squirrel. Dog ran right into a fence post. No. Didn't even what? see it. Oh, man. So didn't distracted. Even see it. So dialed in on the squirrel. Totally. Dogs love the squirrels, you know. Oh, yeah, So they do. dialed in. Wham. I'm like, definitely in concussion protocol. Uh, trust no me. No way that dog couldn't it. be in concussion protocol. That is hilarious. Definitely. I'm glad he's okay. Amy. Yes, hi. You, you snapped. You lost it. I did. Hi, guys. I just want to say thanks for being here for, through all this COVID-19. Aww. Thanks yeah. for still listening. Yeah. So I am a healthcare worker, going to work every day. Stressful. You sure. guys can imagine, oh, yeah. right? A hundred oh, yeah. emails every day because every day is changing. Right. And I have three people at home. Unfortunately, one not working, two uh-huh. others, all adults working. I right. come home from work, two trips to the grocery store because I got a million texts. Do you need this? What do you need? What do you need? And nothing, like nothing made for dinner. They're all waiting for me after <laughs> I've worked all day. Right, standing in the kitchen waiting for you to walk through the door staring at you. For, yeah. And I looked and I went, yeah. oh, my God, this is not happening. Lost it. <laughs> Probably so. But that is so rude. Went upstairs, slammed the door. My husband came up. He's like, what's the matter? Yeah, he doesn't even know. Yeah, I don't no, get doesn't it. Why are you so mad? I, I, I understand. understand that you're mad. I get that. But seriously, what's for dinner? Yeah, we need to eat. I am starving. Oh, my God. I'm starving over here. Thank you, Amy. Hi, Suzanne. Good morning, guys. How are you? Uh, great. You lost it? Oh, boy, did I lose it. A um, couple Sundays ago, my fiance and I decided to go to Target early and stock up on some stuff. And it was really crowded, so there were no parking spaces. So I'm turning into what I think is a parking space, and somebody left one of the carts in the parking space. Oh, boy. And oh, that's bad. I, oh, I, it was over. It was over. <laughs> that was the final straw. I drove right into it, launched it airborne. <laughs> yeah. it, it, I was like, that's it. He looks at me, he's like, you have issues. I ended up in tears, and he's like, he didn't know what to do. He's like, it's it's, it's okay, honey. Right. Okay. I'm sorry, <laughs> about, sorry about your issues. Yeah. I'm like, yeah. no, it's 
Yeah. People, people lost are rude. They really are. And I bet he didn't even offer to go move the car. Plus, what's for dinner? Right. Uh, hey, pull it yeah, together. We got to get dinner ready dinner. to go here, don't we? I don't know why you're crying so much. Yeah. Oh, Starving God. over here. Uh, hi there, Peggy. Hey, how are you guys? Hi, uh, you lost it? Yeah, this Easter Sunday, uh, my church has been doing, you know, Facebook Live services. Sure. And every week they send you a different email with a different link. And I go to the link, and I'm on Facebook, and I'm scrolling, trying to find where they're at. Right. I see I see the Easter at home picture, and I ah, tap on it. Yeah. And I don't see a video, so I keep tapping and tapping. Right. And I thought, well, maybe if I tap harder, right. it'll turn into a Generally, video. That does, that, that does work sometimes, I've heard. Yeah, I think it does. Yeah. Yeah. Really yeah. Like on the keyboard, and you're like, oh, well, there it is. Yeah. So about five times, back to the email, back to Facebook, and I just, like, started bawling, like, I hate technology, I hate Facebook, right. I hate this all the time. I hope the Lord let me have the video. Exactly. He's all mad at us today, at the snow, the accidents, We did COVID. something. We did. He's we like, cannot catch a break. Like you guys are not learning your lesson. You won't make dinner. <laughs> That was know. so fun. Let's see if Melissa agrees with this. Is uh, now she's uh, she's juggling men, right? <laughs> so mm. many of them. Who knew? I had no idea. <laughs> Surprise! Zoom dating five traits yeah. women want in a man, according to science. <laughs> number one is a sense of humor. I asked her for a number one to five. She said three. So what's the third thing? Okay. Three one two two three three one zero one nine. Colleen. Good morning. Love you guys. Love your show. Thank you. Thank you. The third thing is a good communicator. Good communicator. <laughs> no, that's not it. Uh, but it's a good, uh, it's a good thought. <laughs> Hard to find, but a good thought. You're right on that, Colleen. Thank you. No, it's not good communicator. Mm-hmm. Okay. Hi, Patricia. Hi. Hi. What do you think it is? Uh, that he helps around the house. Helps around the house. No, that's hilarious. Uh, what? Uh, what? It just doesn't happen. <laughs> You're Come on, we don't do that. <laughs> that's not in the top five. Come on. Good guess though. No, no, no. In at number three on the five traits women want in a man. What is it, uh, Snehal? A deep voice. A deep voice is exactly right. Communicate, help around the house. Nah, just get us a guy with a deep voice and you're happy, right? Boo. Boo, says a couple of guys with high voices. What are you talking about? Deep is nice. Deep. uh, If I had a deep voice. Whoa, 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 hey. And Zoom's got his hands full. (laughs) <laughs> or he'd like to. Uh, deep voice hit at number three. A deep voice just screams sexy, says the research. Men with deep voices sometimes come off as intimidating, but that actually just makes them even more attractive. Men who have deep voices often appear as sensual, sure. confident, and powerful. Women perceive yeah. men who had a deeper voice as someone who was big and strong, and women agreed that they find this extremely attractive. Definitely. So the guy that uh, that you're uh, hooking up with on Zoom, yeah, does he have a deep with... voice? He has a deep voice. Does he have a sense of humor? Yes. All right, number Very one on the five traits yeah. is a sense of humor. Number two, anybody? anybody? Reliability? Reliability. No, no, no. We're looking um. much more superficial. Oh. Uh, facial hair. Oh. <laughs> okay. Does he have facial hair? Sometimes, I Mr. think. Mr. Zoom. Yeah, looks like it. A group of Australian researchers found uh, when they researched 350 women, they preferred men with facial hair. Most of them also agreed that a bit of stubble was their favorite type of facial hair on a man, even today. Okay. There's been some reports that that's kind of taking a turn away now. No, not in the outback. Right. Uh, number four is height. Height okay. does oh. matter. Oh, yeah. 
Which oh, is yeah. why this uh, guy's dating her on Zoom because he's four foot nine. Right, no. can't tell. Yep. He's six four. Sure he is. <laughs> Take the tape measure out. Ask him to measure himself. Uh, I, I tell people I'm six four. I'm not even six what? feet tall. Come on, come on. And then finally, yeah. what do you think is the fifth trait women want in a man according to science? Here, I'll give you. I'll give, give you us a, a clue. Yeah. Men with blank. What do you think it is? Chess here. No, no, no. Men no. with. Um, I told a story about one earlier. Mm, Jobs? Tattoos? Nope. Money? Nope. Nice lips? <laughs> I told a story about a man with <laughs> nice know. lips earlier? Uh, <laughs> I thought you did, no? Oh, Are you yeah. listening to the same show? <laughs> you have that AM show on in your headphones? Uh, they're not talking about that. Men with dogs. Oh, Men yeah, with dogs. Right. Really? Oh, yeah. Oy, she says. A survey mm. conducted conducted found that men who were holding puppies are rated as 24% sexier in comparison to men mm. with no puppies. Uh, All right. Uh, my husband and I have been quarantined. We're working out of the same home office. Every time his work spouse calls, he gets up and leaves the room before lowering his voice. I finally said something yesterday. Okay. He refuses to tell me what they talk about and says their conversations are private and between them. As are their visits to the Hampton Inn. <laughs> I'm starting to grow suspicious. I might have added that last line. If he had nothing to hide, then he would tell me what they're talking about, right? Am I being paranoid? Should he reveal what they're talking about? Our work spouse, our work spouse conversations private. What do you think? Three one two two three three one zero one nine. Is she being paranoid, Violetta? Yes or no? Um, no. Whip. Is she being paranoid? Yes or no? No. Melissa, is she being paranoid? Yes or no? No. Does anybody think she's being paranoid? I don't know. Judy, do you? I do. I do. You do uh, think she's being paranoid? Yeah, I think if she's, uh, once he works with the CIA, you know, especially if he uh, leaves the room and he's laughing louder in the other room. <laughs> so she is being paranoid. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so she does have a right to think something is up. Right. Because if she's being paranoid, then it'd be, nah, everything's fine. Yeah, I'm just yeah, worried yeah, yeah. about nothing. So yeah, you think there is something there? Yeah. Yeah, you're with us. Yeah. Yeah, what is what if uh, what if he does work for the CIA? That it's okay. That's okay. Yeah. yeah. All rules are out the window. That, that would make sense. Yeah, that would make sense. <laughs> he's working for I the CIA. I think. Get that. Yeah. No, I still want to know. Welcome to Lily's Bake Sale. Today we're offering the red velvet cupcakes that Mrs. Johnson next door called breathtaking. Cash, credit, or online payment accepted. Just like Lily, ComEd provides multiple payment options. Need a gluten-free or vegan? Just ask our staff. I'm not your staff. I'm your brother. Choose the payment option that works best for you. Auto pay, online, phone, mail, or in person. Visit comed.com slash pay. ComEd. Powering lives. One order of gluten-free cupcakes coming right up. We're approaching, you know, if you think about it, two weeks away from what was originally determined to be the end of the stay at home on April 30th. We'll see if he thinks that's going to be extended. Talking about Dr. Kevin Most, the Chief Medical Officer, Northwestern Medicine at Central DuPage Hospital. Uh, Dr. Most, thanks again for your time this morning. We appreciate it. Yeah, good morning, Eric. Hopefully you guys are all doing well and got to work okay today. Boy, it was a challenge. It's been something. <laughs> yeah. It's about the only thing that could knock uh, the COVID-19 crisis out of the headlines was to this morning's traffic situation. But Back to the question of uh, right diving right into it. April 30th, everybody is getting antsy. Everybody's getting stir crazy. Everybody has their fingers crossed that April 30th, the stay at home will be lifted. Do you, in your professional opinion, see that happening? No, I don't. Um, you know, I, I think, unfortunately, we are getting antsy. The weather's getting nice, and we really want to start to socialize and do more things. But unfortunately, 
I think we're going to be asked to extend that at least for a couple of weeks. We're starting to see numbers that are creeping up a little bit as far as hospitalizations, and I think that that's going to be concerning to the governor. Do you think the curve, you know, we see a lot of uh, reports out of New York and their curve is uh, reaching a plateau. Is ours reaching a plateau? Are we flattening? Yeah, and Eric, you know, it's interesting when we look at the, the plateaus and how we figure those out. You know, we look at the number of patients who test positive. The rate-limiting step on that is how many patients are we actually testing? You know, what we really should be looking at is how many patients are in the hospital, how many ventilators are used, and how many ICU rooms are used. That should give us a much clearer number because, like we know, 80% of people who are going to get this are going to do quite well with this, which should give us a positive number. Uh, which will tell us we have to be careful about it spreading again if we were to loosen up on these regulations sooner. Yeah, I'm glad you said that, too, because I thought about this yesterday because I watch Governor Pritzker every afternoon at 2.30, and uh, and they'll release the numbers from the previous day, number of hospitalizations, number of people who have passed away. And I, I always think to myself, we see, you know, 1,100, 1,200, 1,400 new cases do you think there's any value in releasing there's 1,400 new cases, but the number of people who have been discharged from the hospital after recovering from it? Is there any value in seeing that? You know, the, the number of people being discharged from the hospital, I think, is a good number. And the reason is that that's giving people the reassurance that actually healthcare is doing something right now and that this isn't a death sentence for many, many, many people. The importance is boy, we have to make sure that everyone knows this is still out there in the community. People are still testing positive. So although we're seeing the curve flattened, this hasn't gone away by any means. So the awareness for people to let their guard down now and say, oh, the, the curve has been flattened, let's go back and start you know, going to concerts and restaurants, is only going to make that curve spike again. And that's the biggest concern that the Illinois Department of Public Health has right now. And of course, the governor alluded to that when he made the comment uh, a couple of uh, days ago that he feels that any gatherings this summer at all of large groups is a bad idea. We don't know if that's going to become an actual uh, thing that he might impose upon us. And then we see uh, different stories about, uh, you know, uh, we, we did it this morning, the football season being delayed. NCAA might wait till next year. The Harvard researcher that says some social distancing might be needed into 2022. And then we hear of another spike potentially around November. Do you mm-hmm. see all of these things happening? Yeah, you know, the concern about the spike in November is, is this going to be somewhat seasonal like we see with influenza? And the other biggest concern, Eric, is how long is this immunity good for? So individuals that have are asymptomatic and had that, which we haven't been able to test enough of them yet to see who's actually immune to this, and then how long will that immunity last? Is this a short-lived immunity that's going to live for three, four months so that we can't get the disease right on top of it? Uh, Or is it going to be something that we're going to get a year's worth or multiple years and we won't need to even vaccinate people who have been uh, infected in the past and survived? Oh, sorry. You know what? There's been a lot of talk about antibody testing, and I know some places are starting to offer that. Um, do you think how well, how helpful do you think that's going to be uh, if people can get that done? Yeah, Melissa, that's going to be really helpful, especially in the healthcare-related fields right now. It, the first responder who knows that he's already. Uh, protected on that is going to have to use less PPE and feel much more comfortable doing what he's doing. Same in the healthcare-related fields for nurses and doctors. 
Now, when we look at the general population, it's going to be very important more towards the end of the summer and early fall when we can look back and say, boy, someone who actually had this illness in January that didn't even know about it still has immunity, you know, six months later. So the combination of the test now to say you have the disease, let's track back to your exposures, as well as the antibody testing. The antibody testing is going to be very key as far as who needs the vaccine and how often we could we get this illness on top of each other. You know, the president seems determined to, to open the country uh, Then got into a little bit of a spat with the governors, each of them saying, you know, we actually control what's going to happen in our individual state because all the circumstances are different. You've heard some governors say that it's not wise to open up anything until a vaccine has been found. How close are we realistically, in your opinion, to a vaccine? Um, quite a ways away. And people have to realize there are 70 different vaccines right now that are being worked on. It's not just one vaccine. There are 70 different companies and entities worldwide working on these vaccines. Of those 70, only three of them are actually being tested on humans at this point. And when we do vaccines, we start a vaccine, we start at a low dose and we do two things. One, we see did that dose hurt the person? Did it impact them in any way? And two, what was the response from their antibodies? And then if that's safe, we increase that dose and increase that dose again to get to a point where we get the antibody response we want with the side effect profile that we can uh, can tolerate. Well, until we get that treatment available, which isn't available yet. I mean, are you guys finding about any um, current like treatments itself rather than just the vaccine that are coming to the forefront that people who are hard hit by COVID, uh, maybe this will help them recover more quickly? Yeah, and Melissa, that's if you if you saw what happened just recently in the news, the the Brazil study that just came out. You know, the medication hydroxychloroquine, which um, President Trump has been touting as a game changer. You know, they did a study in Brazil and they stopped it because the high dose medication, a high dose of that medication, actually killed more people than helped. So really, it's time to let the scientists work on this and make sure that we have one the right medication at the right dose at the right duration given at the right time of illness. We're looking at numerous medications right now in the hopes that we can figure it out. The one good thing I think we're doing here in the United States is we're putting them into clinical trials. So we're actually going to get good data so that in the fall we'll know which medications work versus the anecdotal data that we're using right now where someone said, oh, I used this combination in Italy and it appeared to work. Well, we don't know actually if it does. Oh, that's great news. So I'm going to go big with this question. So if you're talking about a gathering of 10,000, 20,000, 30,000, 100,000 people, do you see any way that they will allow those kinds of crowds without a vaccine? And is there any such thing as fast tracking a vaccine or is it the 12 to 18 months that they always say? Yeah, the, the the backtracking will be interesting because we're talking backtracking when we look at 12 to 18 months for a vaccine. That's using the traditional way that we've always made vaccines, where we take a portion of the virus and that's actually what we're using. What we're seeing right now is a lot of these companies are using brand new technology using RNA so that the body actually makes the response versus the virus being the one that triggers the response. So that will be interesting. As far as large gatherings, until we know what is our number of people who actually have antibodies and how many people were actually exposed, um, I think we're going to be very hesitant to put large groups together because if we don't have people protected, 
then we're going to see that spike. And again, the vulnerable population is the one that we're going to be the most concerned about. Would you go to a, a large gathering gathering like Lollapalooza in September? No. Okay. All right, I got <laughs> I've got a bunch of good questions that have Are been you texted sure? in. Yeah, take yeah. a second to think about it. Yeah, right. Uh, Let me think about that for a minute. Okay. Uh, Dr. We Kevin Most, the chief medical officer from Northwestern Medicine Central DePage Hospital with us. Here are some texts we received, Dr. Most, okay? Typical throwaway masks. If someone waited three or more days, could they be reused since the virus supposedly only lasts up to three days on a surface? Yeah, absolutely. So if you think about the mask that we're wearing right now, we're wearing that to protect ourselves from someone else. So that mask can be reused until a point where it's soiled or you don't feel it's comfortable. So you certainly can because you're trying to protect yourself. So the only thing on the inside of that mask is what you have already. So um, the virus will die. Any of the viruses would die, and you could reuse that. But, again, you're protecting yourself. Now, would you, should you be sharing masks? Absolutely not. That's one of the reasons that, uh, you know, we don't try to touch our face. We certainly don't want to use a mask and say, oh, here, you use this now because I'm done with it. Um, but as long as you're using your own mask, you certainly can reuse it until it's um, non-functional. Do you wear a mask in public when you go out? I haven't been wearing it in public, to be honest with you, because I'm really careful about social distancing. Um, We wear them at work, so it's like, I mean, I hate to say it, but when I'm outside, it's my chance to get some fresh air. But I really make sure I keep my distance from people. Um, And uh, I've been very hesitant to even go into stores right now. so I've been, I've been extremely careful. Uh, second question, text in. My son is a nurse and tested positive for COVID-19 on the 7th of April. He's been quarantined in the basement of our house. What is the true date you would suggest would be safe for him to be allowed back in other parts of the house? And also, I've been contacting companies claiming to do COVID-19 remediation, such as fog the area, but I'm getting shady responses. Do you feel hiring a company to disinfect the area he was quarantined in would be useful? Well, you know, if it's in a house, I think that you should be able to clean that area pretty well with just the standard bleach and the standard cleaning materials that we have, areas that he's touched. And you have to remember that this this virus is only going to live on these surfaces, and if it's stainless steel, a couple of days, but for the most part, it's just going to live for a few hours. So cleaning an area, would you would not need the hydrogen peroxide testing that, or uh, UV that we use in hospitals. You should certainly be able to, to clean the area, especially if he's just staying in one area. Now, as far as when he can come back out, he should be asymptomatic. In other words, no symptoms whatsoever. Now, he's a, if he's a young, healthy nurse, you know, there's a good possibility that he has minimal symptoms already. That's one of the problems that we're having right now is when will they stop shedding the virus? And we don't know that enough uh, for clarity right now. So we're saying, you know, any, some people are saying seven days past the last symptoms. Other people are saying 14 days since the last symptoms. So... Uh, unless the, if he works for a healthcare institution, there's a good possibility he's going to be retested prior to him coming back to work. Uh, finally, what is something that everyone should be cleaning and disinfecting that isn't obvious, like steering wheels, seat belts, that kind of thing? Yeah, you know, the steering wheels and seat belts, if you think about it, it's, you're the only one using it, so are you going to self-infect yourself? It's a, you know, probably not. So what you want to look really look at is things in public that other people are touching and commonly touching. Doorknobs, uh, you know, shopping carts, things along those lines where someone else could have touched it prior to you using it. Um, 
in your home, uh, you know, your mailbox, you know, probably one of the biggest things to handle on your mailbox, you know, the nail carrier, you know, is the one person touching that. But really, in your own home, it's cleaning all the surfaces that are touched by multiple people. Okay. Uh, on a lighter note, before we let you go, Dr. Kevin Most, I saw this story. Uh, obviously, you're familiar, uh, familiar we all are, with uh, Dr. Anthony Fauci. There's a Georgia microbrewery that's now brewing a beer inspired by Dr. Anthony Fauci called the Fauci Spring. It comes in a blue can, and they're also doing a coronavirus beer called Don't Stand So Close to Me. Uh, how would you feel if, if there was a push for us to, to get a beer named after you? Are you yeah. open to that? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'd be all beyond, I'd be right behind that. Uh, to be honest with you, right. I think we we all need a smile and a beer every so often right now. Oh, yeah. I might need a couple of them. <laughs> yeah. I might need a couple. Doctor Most, we appreciate your time. We would love to continue to stay in touch and uh, and use your expertise to help guide us through this a very strange and unprecedented times. Stay safe and self. Uh, stay safe and healthy, and all the best to you and your staff. Okay. You got it. And you know, Eric, call anytime you want. Thanks so much. Kate Beckinsale's daughter isn't bothered by her dating a younger man, says Kate Beckinsale. So Kate's daughter is 21. Okay, now I'm stepping in. Goody yeah. Grace has got That's some other right. ideas here. That's not right. Kate's daughter isn't bothered by the fact that Kate likes younger men, and she's just used it to, to or used to it at this point. Kate and her daughter are still very close and have a great mother-daughter relationship. You know Grady Gonorrhea. What's his name? Gonorrhea. Grady Gonorrhea. What is Goody his name? Grace. Goody Grace. <laughs> You know, Goody Grace has got a whole mother-daughter oh, thing in there. That's, that's what he's got in mind. You know Absolutely. That's how those Canadians work. Uh, Martha Stewart, you see what happened to her? Big no. boozer, big drunk. Martha Stewart writes incomprehensible Instagram comments <laughs> and then comes back later and jokes, well, I've been drinking a lot. Yep. On Saturday, April 11th, uh, Stewart, who's 78, weighed in with her two cents and left a nonsensical reply that said, M as me, sure you feed and water daily and keep heat is as no BK in as ND when you finally come back. Oh, huh? yeah, totally makes sense. When uh, people commented, that doesn't make any sense. <laughs> the lifestyle guru seemingly realized the error of her ways and later on posted, what a mess. I had been drinking quite a bit. I uh-huh. love Martha Stewart. She is a drunk. And I love her relationship with Snoop Dogg. <laughs> yeah. Amy Schumer has changed her son's middle name and has revealed the hilarious reason why. Did you hear this story no. yesterday? <laughs> yeah. Uh, on her podcast, uh, Amy said, so do you guys know that Gene, our baby's name, is officially changed? It's now Gene David Fisher. That's the baby's name now. Hmm. It was Gene Attell Fisher before, but we realized that by accident we had, we had named our son Genital. Genital, oh, no. and it was too close to genital, oh. and she realized, oh, yeah. oh man, we no. can't do that to the kid. So How you actually have to thank her. Yeah. yeah, you have to thank her for that, which is nice for her son. Uh, there's a nurse uh, who failed hilariously at making a face mask out of her giant bra. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Teresa J. Dranger's cup runneth over. Uh, she's a licensed practical nurse in New York. It's going viral. 
Thanks to, and if you don't laugh, you'll cry moment she shared on social media, like many healthcare workers fighting on the front line, mm-hmm. dealing with a shortage of supplies. She had gone uh, uh, to her own closet to try to come up with a solution and uh, put a bra over her, over her face when she realized the cup was way, way, way too big. Well, yeah, mm-hmm. if you've got big boobs right. and you got, you know, it's going to cover your whole face. How are you going to do? they got to have little ones. There's the salad analysis right there. That's exactly right. Uh, a British woman is currently in a long-term relationship with her chandelier in her home. What? Oh, God. <laughs> Claims to be in a loving relationship with a 92-year-old chandelier and has been told that her love affair with the antique fixture is not protected by sexual orientation laws in Great Britain. Oh, yeah, she wants to marry it, have babies with it, etc., etc. Uh, She's been inside too long. Yeah. Uh, father is protecting his son from the coronavirus by putting him in a spacesuit. Okay. The New York Post says a father from Shanghai recently purchased an actual spacesuit to protect his toddler son from the coronavirus. The inflatable uh, suit cost $284. Oh, it's not that expensive. No. That's something to consider. Uh, Yosemite. We were talking earlier to a woman who said, you know what I'm going to do with my stimulus check I got today? I'm putting a down payment on a camper. Yes. And the second they start opening up the uh, national parks, I'm on the road. Right. Fun. Now, Yosemite is currently closed to visitors, and reportedly the bears are absolutely loving it. Oh, I bet. Really? What are they doing? get enough of it. Uh, They say, according to reports, there has been an increased presence at Yosemite of bears, bobcats, and coyotes throughout the seven-and-a-half-mile valley as just 100 to 200 Park Service employees tend to the park. So they got free range, free roaming capabilities. All the bears are loving every oh, second. That's awesome. Bears. So one people ah. or one a group that's actually loving the coronavirus are bears. No, I, Melissa, that's not the one we're going with. I right. imagine Yogi Bear just like laying out. You got sure. yourself Yogi Bear laying <laughs> out. Pick a Nick basket. Staying uh, with the National Forest storyline, National Forest is now begging hikers, please. Please don't leave your poop outside of closed restrooms. Oh, God. Wait. Well, you know, they're out hiking. They got to poop. Know. They go to the restroom. It's closed. So they just, you know, squat next to the entrance. I mean, wh- blame where, it on a bear. Yeah, where are you supposed to do it? At least it's in a designated area. A news release from the Coronado National Forest encouraged visitors to avoid crowded areas, including uh, this disturbing imagery. Do not deposit your poop outside of the surrounding uh, restrooms. If necessary, bury your human poop at least six to eight inches deep and 200 feet away from water trails and recreation sites <laughs> to prevent health hazards to our oh. employees and other visitors. So dig a hole. Yeah. Who dig has a time to dig a hole you and go. go? Right. Well, okay. you know, after the fact, dig a little hole and put it in there. Visitors are encouraged to make a pit stop before heading into the forest or after they leave, do it in the parking lot by your car. Yeah. <laughs> no, they're not telling the hikers to do that. This Eric in the Morning podcast is brought to you by ComEd. Our homes have become the center of our universe as we spend more and more time at home. The ComEd Energy Efficiency Program has ideas to help lower your bills. Visit comed.com slash home savings.